This episode of Lucas Tigers and Browns is brought to you by PWCC. Head over to pwccmarketplace.com and register. It only takes a few minutes and it's 100% free. There you'll find weekly auctions with thousands of items, all starting at $10, closing every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific time. You have to be registered to bid. They have the most transparent buyer's premium feature in the industry and extended bidding like no other auction house. Give it a try. You might find something you love. This whole episode. Well, I mean, listen, if we're going to go on and you're going to be like, ah, you know, I don't know exactly what to talk about. And I say, hit the record button. Then you got to trust me. You got to trust the big guy that I'm going to lead you, lead you to lead like a fish to water. Right. I mean, that's it. A little zombie action. So I got a question for you. We get started off this way and we'll lead right into it. Right. And this is a, a piggyback on Black Jaded Wolf's episode yesterday. Great episode. If you haven't listened to that, give a listen. Just, a, you know, like a real great hobby member. Right. There's no other way to, you know, to, to, to say it. Right. Does all the right stuff. Um, and, you know, anyway, listen to the episode is great. But one of the things well, the, call- someone would say with the Boban Marjanovic of, of the hobby. OK. Um, some mites, I, I guess. So but here's what I was thinking about. Right. Because, you know, people watch a lot of, you know, reels and clips and stuff that we do and. I think I probably come across as, you know, as pessimistic, especially about like modern cards and modern stuff. And it's because I I look at cards with, I think, a much longer term perspective than most people who have gotten in the hobby in the last couple of years do. And for me, the risk reward on ultra modern isn't there. Um, it's too risky. It's more of a gamble than anything else. And, you know, buying goats, buying vintage, I'm, I'm definitely not going to go 5X on my cards. They're probably not going to go up 50% in a month or two. Um, you know, that spike based on performance is probably not going to be there because most of them are dead. And, um, but I also can, you know, sleep at night and not worry like, wow, you know, the bottom just fell out on this guy or this guy got injured or any of that stuff. So I kind of try to steer people away, but that might be a mistake. And I listened to the episode afterwards because, you know, sometimes I even like to listen. I don't get to listen as much because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing the episode and I'm thinking of my next movie line or my next joke and the whole deal. I actually listened to the episode last night and it got me thinking about maybe doing, um, you know, things a little bit differently. I'm still going to preach my vintage stuff, but we're not going to give plays per se, right? But if you listen to the episode with, with Sharon yesterday, she talked about a strategy. And it's not, I mean, you want to call it a flip strategy? Fine. I use the word dump and you correct me. And she's not dumping them, but let's let's walk through it, right? And then we don't just go through what someone's done, we then, in true Andrew fashion, try to lead that fish to water Absolutely. and see whether or not there's a way for us to pivot from that to something you can do now, something that's actionable now. And I'm going to ask you whether or not it truly is actionable. That's so right. one of the things that, that, that Sharon talked about was leading up to the national and at the national buying quarterbacks mm-hmm. and selling them now. Right. And buying, you know, um, Josh Allen. Like everybody knew at the national who the MVP favorites were. They haven't really changed. It's Josh Allen and it's Justin no Herbert. And it's, it's all these guys. And she had a strategy, which was buy in July and sell now. All 
right? And she made a sort of a cursory statement, but but basically that most of the quarterback purchases that she made are up about 30%. And Josh Allen is up about 50% after the performance on Thursday night. And even on Friday, got more calls about Herbert because people are wanting to buy now and lock it in and grab their card before Sunday. If, and Herbert, you know, has a five-touchdown game. If Allen game. did X, Herbert yeah. would do Y, let me get ahead of the – Correct. Alpha. Correct. So that was her – so I, of course, am sitting there thinking to myself, why would you buy now, right? Why would you buy now? It's already run up 30%, right? You, you're not capturing that. And, um, you know, and sure, they may have five touchdowns, but they may have three. You know, Josh Allen in the first half had two turnovers, you know? And, yeah, in the second half had, you know, a mistaken play, a broken play. with That, that turned – the numbers looked real nice. Why would end. you buy now? Yeah. In experience. Inexperienced, you haven't seen the cycles. So here's the thing: Could you go back in time to July and use Sharon's strategy instead of buying now? Could you buy then and capture that thirty percent, possibly fifty percent run up, and sell in advance? Cage, I got a DM today. Mm-hmm. You, we all we're not going to say this again. Like we know how many mm-hmm. Trey Lance cards there are. Yes, like a Trey Lance auto out of ninety nine is not a rare card. So stay with correct? me. That's 100% right, but stay with me. Well, I got a DM today about somebody who I've been DMing with for a very long time who asked me if they should buy this Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. And I said the exact same thing. I said, why would you buy it now? Okay. But if you were able to, I mean, Heisenberg said, forget about this time machine stuff. If you talk about regrets, talk about regrets. You know, forget about it, Saul. You know, quantum physics don't allow us to actually travel back in time. Right. But if we could. Or if we couldn't, but we could just learn the lesson that we learned in yesterday's episode and apply it forward. What would you do? People don't realize this because everybody's football crazy, and that may change sooner than later. Basketball starts in a month and a half. Basketball starts in the middle of October. But people aren't jumping on basketball yet. It would be like going back to the national and buying football quarterbacks to maybe, and we're, we're probably at the tail end of it now, to be buying your basketball cards now they for don't the full buy. And there's a question that I'm going to Because there's you. no there's no spearhead, there's no Herbert and Allen leading the pack. So there's Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham, but they're they have I think that might be market. too young, right? So John Morant and I'm going to I'm going to ask you one. Take John. a guess on this. Take a guess on this. How many and then I want I want to hear your take on it. After you guess, I want to hear your take on this player. How many Zion cards do you think are in this auction? Just ending on PWCC's auction tomorrow night. It's got 72. 72. Okay. 72. Because I know you were gonna say you were gonna say you were gonna say over hundred, and I didn't want you to say too many. So okay. you now, don't want me to anchor high. Talk to me about that. You personally, now guys, you don't have to follow Andrew. The strategy here is if you're a Zion believer, there are some Zions in this auction that you might be able to buy now. And if he comes out in the beginning of the season, and we could talk about it, I want to hear Andrews, if he comes out in the beginning of the season, maybe you're capturing that run-up that Black Jaded Wolf talked about capturing and selling in week one. Can you Zion, believe yeah, or not? Definitely. Um, okay. Definitely for your strategy. And it's well said. I love when you use like your AM, FM, DJ voice. It's very Chris Voss-like. Uh, I kind of want to go to sleep, but I don't want to miss the punchline, so I'm, <laughs> I'm staying hooked. So um, – 
let's like put into nominal terms what 30 or 50 percent is like if that's like if a 300 dollar card that's 150 bucks okay let's say you do that 50 30 percent flip 10 15 times you can actually mm-hmm. color up to a pretty sick card right? that's right okay so in a market like this where it's really difficult i think you make that 30 to 50 percent not on the player but on the entry that's right the, and the player is kind of irrelevant you know it's you're gonna have a whole market move so whether it's Luca, Trey, Zion, Ja, Tatum, all of them, if you buy right, buy the right that. card at the yes. right time for the right price. That takes a lot, a lot of homework. So like I think what was interesting when there was just a, a huge run up, you could blindly throw a dart. It didn't matter. You could buy base prism and it was amazing. But yeah, you have to research. You have to know your comps because so many cards end. 72 cards at the end at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. You have to tear them out. You have to say, these are my A cards. These are the sickest ones. And at this price, this is the one I really want. And you have to tear it all the way down so you know what you're focused on getting. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I think there's going to be deals in that yep. Zion. But there's it's also, dude, so many cards. So it's really hard. You get lost in that sauce from, what is it? 10 p.m. to 10.30 is extended. Mm-hmm. And after That's that, it's five Eastern. minutes of extended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Easter, and then five minutes of extended. You can't go one. through all seventy-two extended, so you have to know which ones you're going. And Cage, my notes for this was momentum and focus is what lets you win. That was my theme: momentum and focus. Because, guys, it's no secret people are pivoting from eBay to PWCC not because of the names, but because the authentication program is so poorly run. It takes you two to three weeks to get a card. It took me three weeks to get that Jamar Chase card from the time I bought it into the PWCC vault. Why does it take that much? eBay created this authentication program that wanted to make sure that people don't get scammed. Well, what happens? People move to where there's less friction. There's another scenario where you buy your cards, you don't pay tax or shipping, you pay, and in a second, that those cards are in your vault. And you're seeing more sellers and you're seeing more buyers and you're seeing more adoption on PWCC as a direct result of something that a a competitor did that isn't being favorably viewed by the hobby. You're right. I've been waiting weeks for a PSA 10 card. Is that right? You know the card. I've been waiting now a a full week and it's not been shipped to me. It was shipped to the authenticator a week ago. For authenticate a, something that's been authenticated to authenticate a PSA 10. Yeah, I got and a, so, and a, and a big PSA 10. We so talk a lot about my, buying on PWCC, but but honestly, with, with this change, I think a lot of buyers have moved from eBay to PWCC. And as much as we talk about the weekly auctions from a buying standpoint, really start to think about it from a selling standpoint and get ahead of it. If you have, you know, let's say a hundred basketball slabs and you're like, I kind of want to consolidate from 100 to 15. Send them into PWCC, get them vaulted, and then you could individually either list them on the marketplace or run them on the weekly. So just something just something to think about. Easy stuff. So Zion, the six dozen or so cards that are up there, there's a, a high-end ones. And the second most expensive one is one I want to draw your attention to because it is your favorite release and it's everyone's favorite color. If you put in Zion Gold. One oh, it's Panini and one, one. Of one. So talk about that a little. Not one of one, one and one. Why do I always say one of one? Because of one you have of such one. incredible patience with me. You ask me questions, I never answer the question that you asked. It's always some other topic. Have you noticed that? Yes, but it's all right. We'll get back to it because I remember my question. 
And the question, of course, is, are you a believer in Zion? You said yes with that strategy, and that's enough. That's enough of an answer. The, the, the next part is, let's talk about some of the cards. Let's talk Benini about some of the cards that are on. Um, Why do you like that set? You've become a very big I, fan of it. I have become a fan. Well, first off, the one like you, you eventually develop these fundamental like foundations in the hobby. And the, number, the one I've learned is every card has to fall into a collector's hands at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. There has to be a collector. Like there has to be someone who really desires that card. The price, we could discuss them. And I've noticed the collector base around Panini 1 and 1, especially the first year of Panini 1 and 1, which is 2019-2020. And the collector out there, I don't know if he wants to be public. If he does, he could DM me. But a guy I I DM with a lot and learn. What's also cool about that set is the base cards follow Cage's strategy for a better hobby. Number your base. Number your base. So the silver, which is the base in that set, is at a 99. Then there's like a red, a purple, a blue, a green, and a gold. So like every player only has like 200 cards in that set. Think about that compared to like the Prism base. And it's a gorgeous set. It's probably Zion's best artwork. The card is really, really cool. Um, It kind of checks all those boxes. Collector base. You know the the supply, right? There isn't that ambiguity of, of supply. There's none of these case hits that are SP that you later find out have 600 copies printed, right? So I love that. And it's the first year which people really admire. And I think it's going to have such lasting power. I don't know if it's going to have the lasting power of like a Prism 2012. But I would say after Prism 2012, Panini 1 and 1 is actually the next collector release. I thought it was going to be 2016 Optic for a long time. But that one, it like kind of grazed over. People, it didn't catch on as much. I love this Panini one-on-one stuff. That's a great card. That's an incredible card. That's it's a cool card. picture of him too. He's dunking. He's like pulling the ball back and you know dunking on it. I mean, it's a really nice card. Um, there's also, by the way, a blue color match BGS10 rookie prism. For those of you who are looking to spend a little bit of uh, of cash, this is way down from where it was, but it's still sitting at about ten thousand dollars. But that is a nice card. It's BGS ten. I think I think there's fourteen BGS tens. The uh, the blue of that year is out of one ninety nine. I think so. Real nice card. You know, obviously it matches the blue jersey that he's wearing in the picture. Um, those are on the high end, and there's a lot of other really nice ones. There's a National Treasure uh, horizontal out of forty nine RPA. Um, that's close to ten thousand dollars. There's a Choice Green Prism that's close to ten thousand dollars. There's a, a, a downtown from 1N1. I have a theory that Panini 1N1 downtowns are going to be the ones that are the most revered. Possibly, a, right? It, because it came out of a different set. Like now you see downtown cage, it comes out of Dunruss and Dunruss Optic. Yeah. So it, it dilutes the brand. We've th- This kind of game, we've seen it play itself out. Like we see a release catch on and they overprint it. That Panini, that downtown 1N1 of Zion is... As you move down a little bit on them, there's a Contenders Optic Gold Zion Williamson Rookie Auto out of 10. It's in BGS 8 with a 10 auto. Real nice card. People love Contenders. Not as much in basketball as in football, but it's a nice card. But here's one that I'm going to point out for you guys, just because it's, you know, quote-unquote storytelling, you name it. As you move down a little bit, not 10, more like 3. There are two cards to take a look at. There's a lot of cards to take a look at on Zion. If you're looking to invest instead of 300 bucks and buy 10 of them, maybe you buy one of these. There is Mosaic, which you know you either love or you hate, but this one's got something going for it. 2019 Panini Mosaic Black Snake Skin, one of one. 
It's the NBA debut, right? It's Mosaic, not Prism, but it is a one of one, right? So Zion Collector's out there. You know, this is one of those cards that could have some upside if he does. A card I know you like also, you want to pull that one up, that's great because people, you know, it's the black, there it is. The NBA debut, black snakeskin. Nice card. The one next to it is one you're a fan of. The black velocity out of 39. PSA 10. Cool these looking cards card. Are, these, these cards are traps, I've learned. Because they're aesthetically beautiful, but you're ta- you're, you're not, it's not like you're getting it for 300 bucks. You know what I mean? You're still yep. paying a premium. And they just, I don't know what it is, Cage. Optic has never, it never had it. You know? So that's why we talk about it. But you know what does? Scroll to the you right know- and check out the sneaker. You know I love it. I love the the sneaker. Isn't that nice? The sneaker rookie out of 99. Crossover sneaker heads, the whole 90. Anyway, the point is there are some high-level Zions. But if you scroll down enough. Can can I real quick, Cage? Yeah. I want to just get a quick lesson of what I look for. People ask me, like, Andrew, when you're cracking cards or looking for cards. This is a card that I would look at to to crack or send to SGC or PSA. And here's why. This is a border-to-border card. It got destroyed for centering and surface, but yet it's a shiny surface. So there's two things you could do to really clean this card up. One, PSA, you, you guys know, is more lenient on the centering left to right. So that's one thing that's in your favor. And then two, with these shiny cards, sometimes the surface isn't a huge surface issue. Now, you have to inspect the card. It could be a huge scratch. But on these shiny optic contenders and cards like that, you could really do a lot on that surface. So that's a cool card in another slab. I'm you just want to crack it because you don't like the white BGS label. I I, th- I think <laughs> arbitraging like that actually is a real thing, dude. I really do. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. It's difficult to make the analysis, though. I mean, PWCs does a very good job with the high resolution images and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But on a surface one, it's going to probably be a little difficult. Um, but you know, even you, like centering is you got destroyed with that eight. It doesn't look good. I have a, a, a Kraken sub potential one for you. Let's go to the jungle for a second. Type in the 2019 <laughs> Zion Zebra. <laughs> All right. You know, and you could be the lion that attacks this zebra and does some stuff with it. Take a look at this one. Right. <laughs> Is this stuff. one you crack out and, and, and send over to SGC maybe? <laughs> Take a look the at the lion it. and you could attack the zebra. You're, you know, listen, you're the crackhead of the two of us now. So it's Zion Zebra. That's two Z's. Guys, by the way, my computer is on its last legs. So Z-Z, if any of you guys have a, an old Mac that you want to sell, hit me up because this is on its last legs. This there is a story about this computer, folks. One day we will tell it. So there's there's two of them, right? I mean, you gotta look at the one that on this week, the 460. It's a 460 dollars. It's a PSA six. You see it? Yes. How did dude? You know I'm in love with the sixes. I know you love sixes, so take a look at this card. Back centering looks good. The centering looks pretty nice. I don't know what it is on this, but is this one that's, you know, hey, crackhead, is this one you might look at? Did I just blow up your spot and find a card that now everyone's going to bid on instead of you? Okay, this is what we do. Down. I've been head down operations this week, so I haven't even had a chance to, like, bookmark or, like, favorite all of my stuff. Um, I guess I didn't come off great there when I said I'm, I'm in love with sixes. I just kind of heard that play back. That, that's not a great look. I mean, we would never have gotten together if you weren't. Wait. I call myself a six. There's no insult oh. there. It's okay. Oh, relax. Take it easy. So uh, <laughs> on, on the on the all that glitters is not gold, and all that gold sometimes is not glitters. Um, 
the time of the hoops premium stock has, I believe, come and gone. Even a gold can't do what gold does. Go ahead, well, they fucked it up because there's gold silver, there's gold hollow, there's dude, the there's pulsar, a lot of gold. There's a lot of different golds in the gold. It, it's like gold hollow, gold shimmer, gold uh, laser. Don't forget, is gold, laser? gold laser. This is a gold laser from hoops premium stock out of 10 and it's $370 gold laser. Um, can I tell you one that I thought I think is cool, but it, you know, it's, it's interesting the way that it was done. I mean, maybe there's damage to it. Who knows with the autos of 10 is another crack at sub candidate for you. I think it's on card, which is becoming rare and rare. There's a court Kings Zion yeah. auto out of 49. That's in a PSA King. slab. It's authentic with a 10 auto. Interesting, right? Yeah. Lamine would say take your grade. Like, this isn't that bad. Just take your six on this. It it is a six if you look at the back. Mm -hmm. Six, five. It's it's not clean on the back. But this is a nice card. This is a nice card. I like the appearance. You can duck down into the couple hundred bucks and get – some nice Zions. If you if you're feeling, you know, this auction ends on September 11th. If you want to go red, white, and blue, there's a red, white, and blue Zion PSA 10 for 185 dollars rookie. Um, Core Kings yeah. are probably my favorite like uh, PC card. It's a card that in a nine is not going to have that premium of a ten, obviously, and it's a beautiful card. Let, let me while you were talking about the Zion, yep. here's what came up. I want to share it just because we talk about nice like you know buy an opportunity, but like this is a gorgeous case hit. Court Kings, mm-hmm. LeBron, gorgeous card. Do you agree? Disagree? You're a fan? I like it. I like it. I do. I like it a lot. Okay, well, maybe like a little jaw action. Some good oh, stuff. Like some Court good Kings. basketball. Why good basketball. Good basketball. Good morning. I'd say um. You want to talk a little NBA? Who do you think is a little underrated? Who do you think is overrated going into oh, next season? Definitely talk NBA. We can talk anything, you know? I mean, underrated. If I were looking like bargain basement shopping NBA, and again, I do this completely different, right? Because I'm not talking about Scotty Barnes or Kate Cunningham or Evan Mobley or Jalen Green because I believe the people buying those don't actually want to hold them. They don't actually want to own them. I think they're just part of this machine that is attempting to continue to churn prices up and up and up. We talked about it with the, the buying of the, the one of one uh, Mac Jones for a hundred thousand dollars and et cetera, et cetera. Like I, the person who bought that, I bet you doesn't know anything about Mac Jones and doesn't care what happens to Mac Jones this season because he does not plan to hold it. This, and it was sold and sold and sold. Same thing with the basketball guys. So I go a little different. Greater fool theory. Which of course, yes, which of course cuts the, potential upside but you know i'm a contrarian play and i'm a bargain investor like i try to find blue chip stocks that for one reason or another were beat up in the last quarter they didn't meet their earnings but through no fault of their own or something that they've already put a plan in place to fix right so i look at guys like anthony davis right damian lillard right these are guys that at any point in time can run off a streak of 10 40 point games in a row like these are guys who who have been and potentially could be again in the MVP conversation this year, but they are they've fallen out of favor. The flip side though is this isn't fantasy. 
right? And this isn't actual GMing of the sport. While those guys could turn in great performances, they could be fantasy late round draft pick bargains. Cards are still a different animal. As much as we want to make cards into fantasy, we've talked a million times about the momentum of the hobby, the cardboard relevance. We've talked about how, you know, once you fall like this, it's very hard to pick steam back up. And so, so, I'm not buying a um, you know a high level QB that was flying, and you know I'm hoping they come back because they're still expensive. In the NFL, you know uh, Lamar Jackson, you know what I mean. Still, I mean not not anywhere near the other quarterback prices, but still expensive, right? So I'm not jumping on one of those guys. Basketball, I'm not jumping on like uh, you know I'm, I'm trying to think of, of a good example, right? Of somebody who when you, when you want a popcorn. Um, but I will jump on the guys who are, I believe, low risk with some potential upside, like that Lillard and like that Anthony Davis. Let me give you two guys that I think are low risk that are up your alley. Tower of power. This is a big man game. Would you believe if I told you a white sparkle, PSA 10, Prism, Lillard, outsold, not rookie year, mm-hmm. a Jokic, PSA 10, white sparkle? Yes. That's surprising, right? No. I would rather... I'd rather have the Jokic. Would you? Because no, you would not rather have the Jokic. Okay, I would much rather have a Jokic white mosaic sparkle than it. talk to me. Why? Because of exactly what I ended with: that fantasy and being a GM of a team are very different than the hobby. There are a lot more Lillard fans than there are Jokic fans okay. for whatever reason. For whatever reason, and I'll get shit for this because there are some Joker fans, but and they're loud and, and they're they growing. yell at me every time. Oh, you don't. Okay, let's let's go. Let's if, move to the East. Dude, what did he do this year? Did he win the MVP? He did. And basically, was the MVP of the year before? Like he has done everything that he can do, right? Yeah, maybe he wins a championship. I doubt it. I don't see that happening with that team. I think a lot of other teams got you know better, and you know he's kind of stuck in that messy middle of the West, right? It's that ship that was stuck. If it hasn't already moved, what's going to move it? Okay. And to me, Lillard, like. Everyone going into the season is expecting him to be his team to be bad. Like he's already got that out. Like Jokic for his cards to go up, people are like, "All right, he already won the MVP. Mm. Uh, he's got to win a championship now." Lillard, what if his team wins thirty games, but he puts up forty a game and wins the for MVP? Sure. All of a sudden, now people are moving on his cards. So, and we've already seen Lillard stuff. I mean, it was the bubble; it was a crazy time. But we've already seen that when Lillard does his thing, his cards fly. We've never really That's seen that cool Joker. concept, by the way. So that that triggered a thought. By the way, what you guys are watching here is the rubber hitting the road. This is the million dollar stuff. This is the boardroom shit where you get friction and then diamonds form, right? So remember, I took that penny the day trading course, mm-hmm. and one of the the things that they said to look out for, Tim Sykes, if you guys don't care, is stocks that have run before because stocks have memory, and if they've run before, they've run again. That, well, that people people are familiar. It's why I know 2012 Prism and why I went for 2012 Prism, one layer, another layer, then a different sport, you name it. Because people, traders who have success in something, they're familiar with it. They go back to it. Okay. You know what I mean? That's And it's the, it's the same as this. And, you, I mean, look, you could be right. Joker could have another MVP-style season. The team could be playing meaningful playoff games, and all of a sudden people are jumping on the bandwagon. We haven't seen that. We've seen it with Lillard. Let's move East Coast. A team that I think is doing things incredibly well, and his card prices are cheap, and this is going to be an an Andrew Goldberg mutual fund. And this is – I'm going to go big here. I'm going to go bold. 
I'm going to say these guys are the Shaq and Kobe. These guys have the potential to be Shaq and Kobe. Mobley and Garland? No. Better. Uh, Significantly better if you actually compare these both. Like significantly better. Oh, wow. So then it's got to be Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly. Yeah. Embiid and Maxi. <laughs> I think this is the season where Embiid Maxi take the next step. Now, I know we know Harden's there, which is great, but Harden's proven he is a team player. I think you have seen with this offseason and his relationship with Maury that he is a team player. So let's put Harden aside. This team got exactly what they needed toughness, experience, veteran. And guys that are not going to take the ball out of Maxi or Embiid's hands. P.J. Tucker and Montrez Harrell. 15 minutes a game and just a 3 and D hard-nosed defender. That team is poised to make a run. Now, I don't know if it's going to be Embiid. I don't know if it's going to be Maxi. So I'm saying, let's have a budget of 500. Let's go for 250 apiece. Thoughts on that? You could, you could, you could go. You could, you could say no. Yeah, a couple years ago, both Miguel Andujar and Glaber Torres could have won the Rookie of the Year, but instead Shohei Otani won it. Now, that sounds silly now when we've seen what Otani has turned into, but if you look at the years those guys had, um, it was one where you know those were the top three in Rookie of the Year. And um, I believe that what happened there is a vulturing. Okay? And and it happens with like MVP voting. It happens, um, you know, pretty often, where you know if there are two good players on a team, the votes split for them instead of coalescing behind one, and the other candidate comes in and gets all of the votes. Right? MVP voting, Rookie of the Year voting, that kind of stuff, not the same as cards, but there is a finite amount of investment money out there, and. What's going to wind up happening, I believe, when you have a team like that is it's very difficult to determine the alpha. And what we've seen is I don't think any of the three of them really want to be the alpha. And Bede says he does. He acts like he does. And then he whines. Harden clearly doesn't want to be the alpha. He's been on a million teams where he's been the number two, number three. When he's the one, the team doesn't have any success. We've seen that. And Maxi is like a quiet number two, number three kind of guy. And Maxi reminds me of Fetch. Like, everybody wants Maxi to happen now. Maxi really? is like, yeah, Maxi's like Tyler Hero. And I haven't heard I, anyone talk about Maxi, just so you oh, know. Oh, everybody's talking about Maxi. Everybody. So Maxi is like, in that, in that year now, if you're not buying Edwards, because everybody thinks Edwards is going to have the jaw jump this year. Everybody I'm, I'm significantly I was, worried about it. I said that by the way a year and a half ago and no one gave a shit about 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 right. Edwards. But I am now switching the tune because everyone's expectations have changed. Now Rudy Gobert's there. They're gonna win sixty games. He's gonna be a star and he's gonna he's gonna do this year what Ja did. Talk about putting some expectations on the kid that I don't think he can live up to. Um and the, the upside versus the downside risk is just not worth it. Maxi's number three right now, value-wise, from that class. It's not Wiseman, who's an interesting one to look at, right? Because what about that team? Um, people think Maxi's going to take a huge step up, and he's going to be a star. Used to be Halliburton. Yeah, you're you're flip-flopping. Not flip-flopping. I wouldn't invest in any of the three of them. Well, Edwards is too highly priced, but Maxi hasn't had a run-up. 
mm, his stuff is running. His stuff is expensive compared to where it was, and it's definitely expensive for the guy who's the number three scorer on the team as more of a defensive player. Yeah. All right, let's let's move. So then analyze this purchase. Shoot. A buddy last April mm-hmm. sold a blue Jordan Poole. This is before the Warriors run. Mm-hmm. PSA 10 for 550 bucks. Color match so, PSA 10 blue. So Jordan Poole. I bought I, it for 1500 this month. I like the Poole. So I didn't know you were buying, but I like Poole. And here's the difference between Maxi and Poole, right? Maxi, um, when the other stars weren't playing, he stepped up. But very quickly fell back into his role, right? And you can tell just from his demeanor out there, his quietness, you name it, that he knows the role he's going to play. And no, nothing more than that is expected out of Kobe him. Kobe was quiet for the first two, three years of his career. When Poole played in lieu of um, Steph Curry, he basically forced himself into much more playing time. Maxi, if you watch at the end of the year here when Hardy, Harden was out, he was like, all right, I'll, I'll do what I got to do. But as soon as Harden came back, it's like, okay, I get it. It's, it's Harden. It's the guy. I would not be surprised this year if instead of being the number three, yeah. Poole is is I think pushing so. for play minutes. out. Maybe. Clay's not play. where he needs to be physically. Clay was and, never a big athlete. So that's my logic too. Clay was never a big athlete. I think Clay still starts, but I think it's like Clay starts and gets 25 minutes. Poole comes off the bench and gets the 30 to 32. I mean, very possible. I think I think yes. What you're going to see is Poole move into a clear cut number two behind Curry role, definitely. And it's it's easy to say because you know you have Draymond who's not going to be off an offensive minded player, and you have Wiseman or Looney or whoever the hell else is going to be out there. We'll Wiggins, you know, I mean Wiggins is great, but Wiggins much more well rounded player. I think you can have Poole averaging over 20 points a game this year, and and he's he's a different player. What about this lineup, mm-hmm. Wiseman? Uh, Draymond, Poole, Wig- Curry, and Wiggins. Wiggins, not not Clay. No, that's you surround those two guys. That, that's not enough with. Clay? I would have. You, I would have. I would have Clay right. You now. like Wiggins? This is going to sound ridiculous. Say but it. I wish he would stop complaining about not being in the top seventy-five. He doesn't complain. He said being, that one. Don't not, do, no, no, but now no, he did it again with the with the no match, slander. With the, no, with the, slander with the, here. no, he did nope. with the rankings. So yes, he did that one time, but then it came out with, "Hey, my Madden ranking is not high enough." So now it's a repeat pattern. Now nah, he's whining. No, no Clay Slander. No so Clay Slander. Here's, here's the real Clay Slander for everyone listening, except no you. For you, you'll think this is a. You'll if you trade him, I swear to God, I'm going to end the broadcast. Clay, I'm going on mute. I'm not, going on mute. Clay should take on the, the the role where he had success, the Tyler Hero role. He should be the sixth man. He should he's come off the bench. Handler. He should. Not to handle the ball when Hero was given ball handling and distribution. That was not where he succeeded. When he came off the bench as the sixth man and didn't have to run the offense, but was there to just shoot, there to come in and just instant offense. That's Clay. Right. Let Clay come in the game and just That's shoot. That's not That's a just shoot. Let him play. Let him play that six man role where it's like bring him in off the bench and let him play against the defense of the second unit of the opposing team and let him light him up. Right. All right, let's let's keep moving. So you guys get the picture. So we've, I, I, anything else that we've missed from your list? Uh, as far as cards go, yes, yeah, I have quite a few. So give me oh, give me see. one sec. Well, I, want, I had one more guy on my list. So go ahead, go ahead. Kevin Porter Jr. Okay. 
So here's my thoughts. Okay. I think he is, if you guys look at his cards, he is bottom dollar, bottom dollar, low, low, low risk. His stuff is already cheap. Like a hundred, I think his silver is probably like a hundred bucks. Probably base is like PSA 10 is like 20. I'll, I'll look this up. I'll check, but I, I watch his stuff. I don't know the exact price, but it's near the bottom. But Jalen Green's stuff is going through the roof. Yet, KPJ is still the young talent there. He is three, four years ahead of Jalen Green and could have just as good of a season as Jalen Green. Thoughts? He is a perfect example of one of these guys that fell off the momentum. And done. And it's going to take a little while for him to come back. And I think what you're going to see is, and again, I could be very wrong, the people who are out there pumping the um, Jalen Green stuff are going to realize that I don't care how many followers he has, he still plays in Houston. Houston has, bucks for a silver ten. Houston still has no chance to do anything this year. Anything. Now the expectations are low. The prices are low. I think I'd rather be in on um, on KPJ than on uh, Jalen Green. Just because I believe Jalen Green could probably only go down. So that's just me. Yeah, their roster sucks. Let's move on. Okay, let's go to your card. Could be wrong. No, I mean it's Houston, man. Houston's difficult. You 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 have to you have to sort of concede that as well, right? I mean, Houston when was the last player on the Rockets who was a hobby darling, who was somebody you had to have? I mean, maybe Harden for a while when he was legit the MVP over there in Houston and was putting up like video game numbers. When right? you say this, I, I want to, cause you say like Minnesota, Houston, like, are you talking their fan bases aren't huge? Their collector bases aren't huge. W- well, what? both combined. Okay. Right. So, so, and yes, the fan bases aren't huge. So, so here's the deal, right? There are plenty of people who like Mike Trout. There are plenty of people who like the angels, but Mike Trout does not get the publicity that he should get. Now, I know baseball and basketball are different, but I'm giving you an example of the top player in the league, a guy who currently coming to today's game has hit five home runs in five consecutive games. He's hit a home run in five games leading into today. No one talks about it. You didn't even know about it. You thought he was still injured. And I'm sure half the people listening to this thought he was still injured and that his career was done because of that horrible back injury. But no, instead, he's going for six straight games with a home run tonight that nobody knows. That is the way that this works. New York will have a shitty team with nobody in it who's any real cardboard relevance. Don't give me that R.J. Barrett crap. But they're going to be on national television way more than the two teams you just mentioned. Now, Minnesota will get a little more play and a little more run because they had some success last year. But it's a small market. Houston's not, but Houston's team is terrible. And they're not going to be on on Christmas. They're not going to get the fans that are in there. They're not going to get the same kind of clips, the same kind of play, the same kind of you know PR that the big market teams are going to get. So yeah, if you give me uh, you know the opportunity to invest in you know a Golden State, which is you know obviously now going to get a shit ton of TV time, they're the returning champs, like a Jordan Poole or an Anthony Edwards. Edwards might be a better player. I might pick him first in my team for a one-on-one game against anyone, right? Or in fantasy, sounds great. But as far as investing in cards, I'm putting... Well, tell me anyone from Minnesota who's relevant. Anyone. Yeah, but that, it debunks your, that with like a jaw. But I, I would say those are generational. You don't see those all. Jaw? Tiny market, but... Big personality. But, no, but Jaw's a perfect example. First of all, he has what Memphis is as a smaller market, yes, but they're at least 
East. So at least they're in East time zone playing games, which a lot of the West Coast guys are too late. You can't watch it. A la the crossover. Half the, half the, you know, they would get twice the views if they weren't on at midnight in the East Coast. You fall asleep. You know, some of us old fogies can't watch you guys. But so he's at least on the East. Make that happen. Give us a two. Ja, Ja was you know a, a big name coming out of college. He was a big name, you know, and and. and Ja last season, the beginning of the season, had like historical numbers, like MVP type of numbers, and his cards followed suit. But he doesn't have a legitimate fan base, a legitimate collector base. That was a lot of like fluff. There are people who are fans of him, and what's proof of that is as soon as he got injured, or as soon as you know, he, as soon as he didn't win a championship, his cards tanked like crazy. Literally tanked like crazy. Does Luca have a legit fan base? Luca's fan base is 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 huge. That's a legit In, fan base. International. Dallas is a big market. And I mean, Dallas is, Dallas is, listen, Houston's not a small market either. They're just not a very good team, right? So, but Dallas is a bigger market. Dallas has a very vocal owner who probably squeezes out a couple more televised games on the schedule for his team just so that the NBA keeps them, keeps them quiet. They don't have to hear Mark Cuban's voice. Yeah, I mean Luca is a star. Luca is somebody that the team that the league is building around and they put him front and center because of it. Right? And the only person who doesn't realize that is his mom who won't give him the trademark. Dude, that was Bro. sad. That makes me really sad. All right, let's get into your cards. By the so way, a couple I think what cards the NBA does that the MLB doesn't is the MLB markets a lot of stars, not one. I agree. But but right now, it's Stop Luka. saying meow. It's LeBron, it's Giannis, maybe, it's Ja. Right, I mean, there's plenty of stars that the NBA is marketing. I didn't say Kevin Porter Jr. or Jalen Green or even Cade Cunningham on that list. Not yet. Ja when wasn't are there you going to buy a nice Giannis card? Never. You're such a. You're I'll so wait. Stubborn. If he wins another one and he becomes a two-time champ and a multi-MVP, I'll buy one. And then the upside will will I already be baked in. And there'll probably be a little bit of upside, but the downside Guys, will be there. Can too. you roast him in the comments here? He's like, what? you have to buy before, and now you have to not wait. not me. Oh, I told, I said to start this off. I have a strategy, but we learned a new one yesterday that I want to share with the rest of the crew. That doesn't mean that I'm going out and I'm going to be buying something to sell in three months. But there are people out there who like doing that. I want to present that. I'll, Giannis is not that either. You're not buying Giannis now to sell him to start the season. You're buying Giannis now to hold to hope he wins a championship. But if you want to spend an hour talking about why I don't think Giannis is going to win a championship this year, we can do that. You know, we, like, or we can like do that. You're going to yell at me and bang that, your head. You're going to no, get a concussion. Dude, listen, and then tomorrow's whatnot show is going to be canceled. I don't and... have to do it. By the way, guys, 11 a.m. Right. Eastern, later start time. So you guys on the West Coast can wake up. The prop king himself, Mr. Cage Lawyer, will be back. Whatnot, 11 a.m. We're giving away a Tua color blast right here. Ready this baby myself. Enjoy, guys. And a, whole bunch of, and a whole bunch of prism, uh, panini, digital football stuff for the plays and stuff. So let me just really quick before Please. we end it off, I'm going to run through some cards. Number one, this is premier worthy, is the 86 Fleer Michael Jordan rookie, BGS 9.5, has found wow. its way into the weekly auction. Okay? Not, a nice card. One that is, you know, premier auction worthy. It is clearly not for the faint of heart. But if you're a believer in what Andrew said, that at some point we're going to hit uh, a time where a PSA 10 doesn't hit an auction every month, that will turn the PSA 10 up in price, and then the BGS 9.5 will follow. Um, there's one in there. If you are what would, a, what would Mr. Grady, we had him on, what would he say yeah. about a nine corner? He'd say it can't be gem mint. 
championship you can't be dead men. That's what he would say. Guy Next has a memory up. of an elephant. You know, it's 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 uh, early '90s. It is one of those you know niche markets right now, but you know maybe it, you know that changes. There is a Magic the Gathering Beta Time Twister Auto BGS eight five. I don't know if there's room for these things to kind of grow. I don't know if people just want to do Pokemon, but you know this is a it's a, it's a huge Magic the Gathering card in this auction. Um, it's autographed by Mark Ted. It's on there. You can take a look. It's BGS eight and a half. Um, you see the auto one? Um, yeah. Nice. Very cool. Big card. Big Mark, card. Mark's probably a nice guy. I don't know him personally. I mean, he does good art. I'll tell you that much. Um, another cool card. Um, I, I don't know whether or not this is something that I would invest in just because, you know, the price discovery is not there. And who knows how many of these are hidden in somebody's cigar box or, you know, going to be rolled out over the next couple of years. So it makes it difficult. Um, I'll say it wrong. It's an Olympic card from 1935, Moratti, of Jesse Owens um, in PSA 7 with an I appeal designation of PWCCA. It's a cool looking Jesse Owens card. There Dude, it is right there. Yeah. Ex- explain yourself. As Gustavo Frank would say, explain yourself. Why would this be in a cigar box? I was at Cigar Night. I didn't get one. Ha! I mean that this is one of those cards that while the pop looks low on it now, it's because nobody was grading 1935 Marathi Jesse Owens cards. There may be a dozen of these in PSA right now. So, you know, you know, put it in the column of the Alifa Balogier, put it in the column of the Pele cards, the multitude of Muhammad Ali cards, put it in the Futera, uh, Lewis Hamilton cards. They're just cards that are out there that for one reason or other we're not getting graded. And all of a sudden you see high-level pricing like this one and other ones of them come out. I will take two more seconds of your time. Um, I'm going to end on something. But, but there, there is a LeBron rookie. I mean, a crazy card. It's a 2003 Topps Pristine Gold Refractor. Rookie out of 99. Rare card. Real condition sensitive. Again, Topps Pristine from 2003. Gold Refractor Rookie. There it is, out of 99. Real condition sensitive. Look at that, the black, you know, the, the dark color across the entire card there. Um, you know, it's not in a jersey. This is like, you know, summer league or training kit. We've seen this. Even cards of the rookies today have these instead of a... Cage, do people care? Uh, for me, it was always as long as he has something with like a Cavs uniform. Yeah, to me, that's enough. Also, it's not college, right? Um, and he's got plenty of rookies that are like this. This one is sick. I mean, this is just a really cool looking card that you're not going to see for sale in PSA 10 that often. I mean, you're talking about a handful of these in PSA 10. Real nice baby, card, baby Braun. Um, another one that I know you're a fan of 2017 Panini Flawless. Patrick Mahomes RPA out of 25 in PSA 9. This is a good-looking Mahomes card. It is a, a nice alternative to – there it is to – Wow. The, to the RPA from National Treasures. This is just a really – like another card that is premier auction worthy. This is a buy. This is a sick card. Nice Three-color right? patch. This is his – he doesn't have a ton of really good autos for whatever reason. Uh, this is a dope card, man. It's really hard to get in this in a nine as well. I mean, just a real nice card. Now, the last thing I'm going to point out is not something that I'm a fan of, and it's something that's gotten some publicity over the last couple of, of weeks in the hobby. Yeah. Hey, there you go. I was going to say, there's a Mahomes one of one. Wait, did you see? You, you know that's the only card I bid on so far? No. 
but I saw yeah. that one while I was while I was pulling up cards. I mean, so that's guys, a nice card. Here, I'll walk you through my logic. Um, Mahomes doesn't have any game worn jersey stuff, so as this is as nice of a patch as you're gonna see. You have the Kansas City Arrowhead right here, and this is a one of one from 2017. I'm gonna be up. What is it? XR, I'm, I think, right? Yeah, I, I'm bidding on this. I don't care. Do me this, a favor. This, this Go is back sick to the card. flawless. Flip it. Click on it. Flip it over. And what does it say on the back? As far as you know, this it's is not play- from any specific game or anything. What no, does no, it say? It's, play- it's player worn. All player this stuff worn. is player worn. He doesn't give game worn jerseys for whatever reason. Spin okay. told me that, and then I've done a little bit of background research. A lot. All this is hearsay, guys. But mm-hmm. like, Mahomes doesn't have game worn stuff. He's an avid collector. So you ready for this? Last oh, no. one. And I'm gonna shut up, and I want to hear what your take is on it. There is in this auction. What I would consider a one-of-a-kind piece featuring one of the most iconic inserts in the hobby. And altruism would say I would get this and I would frame it and put it up in my office or in a man cave. But you have become the hanky-panky expert. So 1997 Metal Universe Precious Metal Gems PMG Red Uncut Sheet. With Sanders, Favre, Smith on the uncut sheet. So there's two things to this, right? The uncut sheets aren't serial numbered. So it's actually a two-step process. Fair? Is that fair to say? Cool. Um, I have no problem with someone cutting up an uncut sheet. I don't actually have a problem with grading companies grading it. I have a problem with the serial number stamp. It's fraud. I mean, it's fraud. But, But not the grading and the cutting. But it's you gotta also be name. careful with how you grade it, because I've seen, I believe it's Beckett slabs where they slab it authentic and it says right on it missing serial number. Cool, legit, done. But fair. But is that? I mean, if you were somebody who doesn't follow the hobby and know what's going on with this stuff, wouldn't you think, okay, well maybe that came out of a pack and it was just missing the serial number? But Kate, we we need to stop feeling sorry for people, and I'll explain what I mean by that. All of business is information arbitrage. It's somebody knows more than you for whatever thing, and they could sell it or provide it better than you as a result. It's information arbitrage. So because someone comes in unknowingly and uninformed buys something, that's not the problem of the hobby. That's the problem of the individual to go and get educated. So Okay, so when you were running a cafe, yes, right? you were running a cafe, and you, know, you were making somebody that peanut butter shake, Yes. Right. You decided, you know, all right, well, I'm going to sell this as a peanut butter shake, but I'm just, I'm just putting some peanuts and some butter in it. And I'm going to make the shake and, you know, I'm throw a whole bunch of sugar in it and maybe some, some other stuff. And people like it. People are taking it. Now it's not a peanut butter shake, but I put some peanuts and some butter in it and I sold it as a peanut butter shake to them and they leave and they pay me. And I laugh all the way to the bank because these people are idiots and I have no duty to do anything else. and I what I did was linguistically correct. I sold them a peanut butter shake. And they the, paid for the, it. It's not I'm not the police. I'm not gonna go out there and I don't have to police whether or not they know whether they're eating peanut butter versus peanuts and butter. Why is it so hard now and maybe this will change with all the stuff that's going on. Why is it so hard for a grading company to say that this is authentic from an a cut hand cut from a sheet? Sheet See, that's cut. what they are saying with a missing serial number. But they're not going to write a novel. They no, they're saying missing serial number and authentic. That's like saying it's peanut butter. And if you're stupid, I don't care that you're stupid. It's not my problem. But you know better than that. That I would be your I, problem. I don't, I don't think your analogy is relevant at all. 
Um, first off, this is fun. Make it in the comments. I'm not oh. the manufacturer of the uncut sheet, by the way. If the but, grading company, if someone inspected You that, also probably didn't make the peanuts and the butter, but right. you made the shake. You put it in a cup and sold it as a peanut butter shake by putting am peanut I, am butter Am I grading in it. company in this? You are the... You are the, the middleman. You are the person taking the ingredients and putting it inside of a container. That's no, what a grading company is. They're taking something that shape. someone else manufactured, and you're telling them what it is. Right, and I'm saying this is a peanut butter shake, but the, so, but it's missing a banana. That's what I would actually say. And no. that's why it's not as delicious because anyone who's worked in a smoothie place. You worked in a banana. It's crazy. You, you are must, definitely missing a banana. You must put a banana <laughs> in any smoothie you're making. For the consistency. Guys, speaking of bananas, make sure you tune in 11 a.m. Sunday morning this week and every week for our whatnot show. Bananas are relevant because while I'm going to give picks and plays, my handsome co-host here who is hoarding all of the Lucas Tigers hats. I don't have one today. He's got them all. I apologize. Then on Friday, he's, he's got them all, right? So he's got all the hats. I would wear one too, but, you know, he's I got the hats. So he makes a banana play. He puts this banana hat on, and sometimes they're wrong, and other times they're wrong. But he's going to get one right this year. I know he's going to get one right this year. He's going to get one right. I'm going um, Lions over Eagles. Reach out to Andrew. Oh, you love Philly, man. You're a Maxi fan. Reach out to Andrew if you want one of these hats because he sold so many today that he actually messaged me and said I might not be able to get one until That's the next true, round. <laughs> you love this guy. Always Guys, selling. Here's my vision. KJ always says I jump over steps. I don't care. Suck it, <laughs> I want to do like limited print runs, right? Like, And I would like other people from the community to reach out with design styles and adaptations. Well, so. do you know what this hat is? I'm going to let people in on a little secret. This hat is an unnumbered SSP. This is a color blast. This is a kaboom, (laughs) this hat. And I'm going to let you guys know, we made 150 of these, and we are not doing the same hat again. No, no This will be always known as the first Lucas Tigers hat, the first support, the first merch. This is it, the first 150 limited. And while it's not numbered, I guess Andrew could hand number them if if you really need to. But you'll always know this particular hat is only 150 of these hats. That's it. I mean, it's a nice hat, nice hat. And, uh, you know, I will tell you guys, I had to jump through some hoops with Andrew because he did not want to make crappy stuff. I'm like, just give me 10 bucks and I'll just make a bunch of hats online. He's like, I'm going to a professional. We're going to meet him. I want to know what kind of material is going into this stuff. It's going to be a legit thing. I'm like, okay, fine. You you care. You know, that's great. I mean, uh, and the hat's really nice. Don't sell them all. I want at least one. What not tomorrow, guys? 11 a.m. Enjoy. Stay tuned. The PWCC, you know, auction is uh, September 11th. Don't forget about the features that are there. A lot of auctions were flashed in. Click on Flash. You'll see some stuff that is only a couple days old. A lot of Flash in this one. But more importantly, the Power Buyer. It's a way to bargain hunt. Just click Power Buyer. You see all kinds of cards. As I was doing the Zion thing, there are Zion PSA 10 rookies for $13 right now. I know it's an auction and things change, but there's some real good bargains as well. You know what's kind of cool with the merch? What? I actually just got this DM. To do collabs with other cool content creators from the space. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Ah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. 
If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.